Welcome to E to the Power of Three, a podcast of Bridging the Gap, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from pastor and Emmanuel Leadership College Site Director, Dr. Lori Dykstra, as she has a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom. In this leadership episode, they will be discussing how you can be an influential leader even when you're not in charge. They will also share thoughts on mentorship, what it looks like to find natural mentors in your life, and how you can be encouraging of others to thrive in their leadership abilities. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome everybody to another episode of Bridging the Gaps E to the Power of Three. I am here today with Dr. Lori. And Lori, thank you so much for being here. Yes, you're welcome. It's a privilege for me to be here with you. Uh, And I am really excited about this conversation. And I was talking to you a little bit about beforehand, before we started pressing recording, just in um, when we're focusing on leadership and being an influential leader, when you're not necessarily the one in charge, you know, when you are the one that's maybe volunteering or just in more of a serving role or supporting role. And what does it mean to still be an influential leader when you're not the one calling the shots normally? and how this isn't a topic that I have heard that much being taught in other platforms. So I'm excited to learn something today and really excited to hear everything that you have to say from your experience. But for people who might not know you, if you could just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got connected with Bridging the Gap. Sure. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Minnesota and I have been gone for about 20 years. I went to school, college out of state, and then I lived in Utah for 15 years and I worked for Convoy of Hope for a couple of years and then moved back home to Minnesota. I am a 30 year veteran teacher and I really love the name of your podcast because E to the power of three is math related. And I taught math, high school math. Um, I also had the privilege my last six years in the education field of um, designing and implementing a school within a school magnet program um, at the high school I was teaching at. And it was to help high schoolers figure out if engineering was the career that they wanted to uh, study. And it was just such a privilege to um, be influencing the next generation in that way. And then during that time, Pastor Nate, who is the lead pastor here at Emmanuel, called me up and said, hey, do you think you'd quit your job and come work here at Emmanuel? So I've been on staff here at Emmanuel for eight and a half years. I'm licensed and ordained through the Assemblies of God. I started out as the next gen director Mm-hmm. And then uh, moved into an executive pastor role. And then when we decided to become an extension site for Southeastern University, switched my role because education and ministering to the next generation is my passion. And so now I'm the site director of Emanuel Leadership College here at Emanuel. Wow, that is awesome. You have done so many different things. <laughs> yes. And my tie with Bridging the Gap um, last uh year during Equip, we had the honor of um, sponsoring the luncheon. And so uh, Pastor Caroland and I have been friends over the years and our paths have crossed frequently. And so I decided to uh, sponsor that lunch and just see if some of the women might be interested in learning more about ELC. And uh, it was just a privilege to be a part of that. So you had asked me, I think, earlier about my um, 
my influence with women or how, you know, and I've been sort of thinking about that really through most of my life, I've been involved in youth ministry and uh, there was a period of time. I am a widow and my late husband was on staff here at Emmanuel and he led the recovery ministry. And I decided to uh, leave youth for that time and just was by his side and uh, led a couple uh, breakout groups on boundaries and that was female oriented. And so I had the opportunity to work with some women's groups during that season of life uh, when Bob was living and we were married. So otherwise, most of my time has been with young adults and teenagers. Well, you certainly get the variety then of personalities going from <laughs> young yes. adults and teenagers. Yes. yes, that's true. Very true. And just a quick note too, you mentioned that the lunch, the equip lunch, and for those of you who aren't familiar with that, um, every year we, uh, Bridging the Gap hosts a lunch during the equip conference that happens annually. It's usually in April. Am I correct yes. in that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we'll definitely be advertising more for that and having one again this year. So keep an eye out, but let's just dive into this content today. So when we're talking about you know, being a influential leader and also being in that supportive role there, there's so much to unpack in this, but yeah. first, you know, you just shared a little bit about what your role has been with, you know, leading and teaching groups of women, but what has your experience been more in being in a position of supporting maybe another leader or volunteering and serving? Yeah, I would say most of my life I've been in a support role. I mean, I have had some singular leadership roles in the magnet program that I implemented and led and in some of my roles here at Emmanuel, you know, I, I have staff under me and uh, things like that. But for the most part, my life, I, when I was um, in education, my non-vocational ministry was always in youth ministry. And so I was a youth leader supporting the youth pastor's vision um, not only in Salt Lake, but also here at Emmanuel. And then my role with Convoy, um, I was, it was in the beginning stages when the Convoy of Hope was moving to a national organization. They had been uh, mostly on the West Coast. And I worked for the then director, Steve Donaldson, and I was his assistant and just helped, you know, move to, we moved to Springfield and we just set up the national office. So um, really hearing the vision. And I think my my favorite role of leadership and ministry is to be alongside of a visionary leader and help that vision become a reality. That's my favorite. That's probably my sweet spot is just give me a visionary leader that needs administration and organization and someone to execute the vision. I just love being that person. I really like that because I think oftentimes people feel like, okay, if I have that leadership in my blood and, you know, I'm a born leader, you know, you hear all of those, then I'm always wanting to be in the leadership role. And it can be hard for me to be in a supporting role, but for you, it's like, I can be a leader. I can run things, but I really love to be in a supporting role and that you can have both. Yes, definitely. And I think that's why part of being a leader and being a person of influence is that you have some self-awareness. Hmm. Like I am not visionary by nature. And so for me to be alongside of a visionary leader, 
then I can run with that vision. I add to it, but I probably don't have the initial creative idea. Um, and so there's so much freedom in that for me because I am leading everywhere I go, but I also don't need to be the leader. Yeah. Where does humility play a role in this? Yeah, that's so important. I think, um, you know, following Christ's model, you know, it says in uh, Matthew that he didn't come to be served, but to serve. That's a verse that we commonly quote to each other, to the people that we're leading. But leaders are servants. I, I really do believe that. And so part of our job as a leader is to, first of all, be humble before the Lord. Um, he's the one that exalts and, you know, brings those opportunities and the fame, if that's what you want to call it. Um, but we really have a responsibility to be Christ-like. And I think in my, my pursuit of leadership and influence, I've really always been very captivated by the verses in first Peter chapter three that talk about specifically about women and how, you know, what the beauty of our inward being is what should be shining. It, it says, um, close yourselves instead with beauty that comes from within the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. And so for me, part of my suit pursuit, even in my, you know, my relationship with the Lord is help me to have that gentle and quiet spirit. That doesn't mean I'm not leading. It's just strength under control. And I think that's part of humility that we, we learn to come underneath the authority of, of Christ, first of all. And then we learn to come under the authority of the people who are giving us jurisdiction and responsibility to lead others. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And I think too, with it, when we have a humble heart and when we're in this role of serving and, and just being there to, to grow, we're more apt to have growth and leadership development because we're not sitting there and thinking, Oh, I could be leading this better. Or, Oh, I, I want to be a leader. Like I should be running this. And, and instead you can sit back and learn from all of these amazing leaders and you, you know, for volunteers with bridging the gap, you have Carol Lund and you get to just sit in her presence and you're going to soak up so much knowledge and so many nuggets of wisdom. And if you don't have that humble heart, you're going to miss all of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So, you know, going deeper into that, when you have, like I said, that leadership in your blood and you're in a place of, of serving, how do we switch our mindset fully to be learning and growing instead of becoming discontent and not being the one in charge yet? Yeah, that's really a really good question. Um, I'm not sure if I have the answer, but I'm, I'll just give you some thoughts I have about that. Um, I think, first of all, you know, our mindset is one of my life verses is Ephesians 2.10, that God's created us to be masterpieces and he's created things for us to do long ago. And I'm always like, well, whatever that is, I should be figuring that out and I should be doing it. And that may, you know, we look at leadership, I think, you know, like Emmanuel is a larger church. So if we look at Emmanuel specifically, if all we have our sight on is being the lead pastor, but there are multitudes of leaders in the church, not just vocational staff, but, you know, 
volunteers that are lead. I mean, everybody is influencing someone. And so there are so many different opportunities of leadership. I think we need to have our our eyes opened as to what opportunities is God giving us. I love the prayer of Jabez um, in Chronicles where he talks about extend my borders. But then I think our part in that is to be praying and saying, hey, God, what are the opportunities that you are opening for me? Because possibly the opportunity that we have our eye on maybe isn't what God has for us right now. And maybe we're not ready for that. So we need to be doing some other kinds of leadership. Maybe if you want to call it secondary leadership, I don't know if that's such a thing, but you know, because you need to be prepared for that ultimate dream that you might have. And so just really, again, I think that creates a lot of self-awareness for us to say, Hey, this is my dream. This is the leader I want to be, but I need to do some preparatory work and I need to basically prove my character and work on my talents and my strengths so that I'm ready for that opportunity when it comes. And I think, um, you know, when we talk about influence, that is one of the main things that I would say is that we need to seize the opportunities that are in front of us. Sometimes we keep looking so far beyond where we're at that we miss the opportunities that God is giving us and they're just right in our backyard. Let's look at those opportunities. Let's seize them. Let's do our best. And then that can probably bring an increase to our opportunities. I love that. I really like that. And just focusing on where are you at right now? Where does God have you planted in this moment instead of looking at, at the future? You know, I, whenever I hear situations like this, I always think of the book of Joseph and how God gave him this vision. And it wasn't until like what, 12 years later that it came true. And, and just how sometimes God does that. He shows you, this is the future that I have for you but it's going to take a couple more steps to get there. And how can you be planted and where you're at right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And I think also seizing opportunities means sometimes we look beyond our job description Mm. because sometimes we're so focused on our job and then we're saying, Oh no, that's not my responsibility that I'm not going to do that. But maybe God is giving us some opportunities that are a little bit outside of our you know, box that we put ourselves in. And I think we need to be willing to step out of the box a little bit and seize that opportunity that maybe is not something that we would think to do, but we just never know if it will open doors. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm living that right now too, with being a part of bridging the gap. And, you know, they asked me to help with the social media and I'm not, (laughs) I have never been a social media whiz or anything like that. And it was just me kind of humbling myself and saying, I will help. I'll try and see where it goes. And then getting to a point where I'm like, I actually really do like doing this and being able to serve in that capacity. I think it goes back again to that humble heart of just being willing to serve and help where needed and to see how God uses that and how he yes. opens the doors. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's a, it's such a good reminder of just taking those little obedient yes steps. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, where does mentorship play a role in all of this? What are your thoughts on that? That's a great question. 
um, I'm a little bit opposed to the word mentor. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I always get a little frustrated when people call me up and say, will you be my mentor? And hmm. the very first thing I ask them is, well, what are you looking for? What do you want? What do you need? And I know there's probably some really great mentor programs out there, but um, I don't know if a lot of leaders, I, I shouldn't say this so harshly, that I don't know that it's not that we don't want to be a mentor. It's just like, well, what is that expectation? Because like the people that I am mentoring, it happens so naturally. It's mm -hmm. not like a forced setting where, you know, you're meeting once a week or every month over coffee or dinner. And there's some, you know, Bible study that you're doing. I think there is a platform for that. I'm not saying that doesn't exist, but like, in the leadership department, I think like I do my best ment mentoring with people that are working alongside of me. Hmm. And then I'm asking questions and I'm, you know, I'm letting them walk with me and then maybe I'm handing things off to them. And then we're having discussions, you know, about, Oh, why did you do it that way? Dr. Lori. And then I can bring in my prayer life or I can bring in the word or things like that. So for me, it's really difficult to figure out how to mentor someone to just randomly calls and says, will you be my mentor? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like for, and I'm sure some people can do that really well, but for me, I prefer knowing that I'm mentoring the people that are alongside of me, you know, my assistant, my students, the volunteers that are working with me. I have a natural platform to invest in their lives and to serve them. And that brings about conversations and, you know, opportunities to just dialogue about life and things like that. So I think, you know, like if you called me up and said, will you be my mentor? I'd be like, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, you know, I have never heard that perspective and I really appreciate it. Because I do think sometimes when we hear the word mentor, mentorship, we do think of it as a very formal experience of, hey, will you be my mentor? Like you said, but it really can be a natural progression of just you're not even you're, you're not even intentionally doing it. Sometimes it just casually happens. And I yeah. think it is going to be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I appreciate you know what you say of having people that are just in your scope of network, just that are in your area that you can be pouring into, which, you know, started to make me think of how as a leader, how do we pour into and encourage the people that might be, you know, serving under us or in supporting roles? How do we encourage them to find their leadership potential? Mm, well, that's a really great question. Um, again, for me, I'm going to go back to the self-awareness. I'm really big on self-awareness, just assessments and you know, it says in Psalm 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So let's figure out how God created us because we're all unique and different. And so there's so much when I'm working with, um, you know, the people that I'm leading, I'm talking to them about, okay, how did God create you? What are your strengths? What are your talents? What's your spiritual gifts? Um, because there's so much of that, that then leadership flows out of. Some, sometimes people are idolizing a leader or maybe they have an idea of what they think it's going to be or they should be. 
but maybe it's not how God created them. So let's take a step back and look at how God created you. And then we can see where those giftings and talents lead you as far as, you know, things to be doing. And I think the other thing is I would prefer in the whole mentorship con conversation to have someone more like an considered an apprentice that's by my side that I have a natural, that I see their giftings, their passion are in the area that I'm working in. And then it's sort of, you know, that old adage, I do, you watch, we talk. And then you do, I watch, we talk, you know, now you're taking it. So an opportunity to give them little pieces of leadership opportunities and then talk to them about how they did and how they felt about it. Because being thrown into a leadership role, if you've never done it, is daunting. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, part of calling out that leadership is recognizing what God has inputted into someone and then guiding them through the learning process of what it takes to become a leader. There's so much about, you know, we talked about earlier how leadership is being a servant and our responsibility is to model the way, like, yeah. how are they going to do it? So they need to watch us, not that they have to do it exactly like us, but they watch us learn from it. And then now they have the opportunity to step their toe in the water and figure out how to do it. And if they mm -hmm. fail, let's create a safe place so we can walk them through you know, the failure or the things that they want to improve and we can help them in that process. Mm, that's so good. What are your favorite like leadership tools for, you know, you mentioned like assessments and there's so many different kinds. There's like the strength finder and, and what are your favorite that you like to use with your, your yeah. people? Yeah. So in the eighties, uh, Tim LaHaye wrote a book called spiritual, spiritual control temperament. It's my absolute favorite book mm -hmm. on temperaments because he doesn't keep give people a scapegoat to say, Oh, I'm melancholy. So this is just how I am. Mm -hmm. His book ends with how the Holy spirit is our partner to help our strengths become stronger and our weaknesses managed. And so I love that temperament study of the melancholy, sanguine, cleric, phlegmatic. That's probably my favorite. Um, probably my second favorite is the strengths finder. Strengths finder is not our personality. It's really about the talents that we have, that we've had an opportunity to practice that become strengths. And so I think those two are really a, a nice blend. We've got the personality side and then we've got the strength talent side of an individual. And then of course, I like the spiritual gifts assessment um, just so that we can see the spiritual gifts and how that it, it all will flow together as you start looking at the personalities and the strengths and the, the spiritual gifts, you see how beautifully God created us um, for all of those to fit together uniquely for each individual. Mm, that's good. I like those two. I am very familiar with strengths finder, but I'm not familiar with that first one. So I'll have to look into it and maybe we can um, post a link to it in the show notes for other oh, people sure. yeah. to check out that book too. Yeah. yeah. But, and I, I mean, I probably jump on every single one, you know, there's a M core, which is how, what motivates you to work. 
I've done that one. That's really interesting. Patrick Lencioni just came out with one a year or so ago called The Working Genius, Hmm. which is also more tailored to how you work. Um, So there's so many out there, like you said. And I think if you are interested in that, that area, just find something that you're passionate about and know it inside and out so that you can help people through the assessment. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, hopefully that those are good tips and tools for some of our leaders that can use to help pour into the people that they're working with, but shifting gears and now looking at the people who are volunteering or serving under a you know, supporting role, how can they still be an influential leader even when they're not in charge? What are practical you know, tips and tools and mindsets that they can use in that area? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I don't know that it is really any different. <laughs> I mean, being a person of influence at every level, I feel like it's the same qualities, like seizing the opportunity. I mean, even in my role um, as the site director here, I have opportunities that come outside of the college and I get to decide if I'm taking that or not. And so looking at that and seizing those opportunities, so even as volunteers, they might have an opportunity to serve in a leadership role, um, like leading other volunteers, you know, take that opportunity because there are, you know, as pastors, we, we can't be the sole shepherd of our flock. We really need our, our leaders to come alongside of us and our, you know, our minister, our, um, we call it team Emmanuel here. And I keep fighting not to say that, but our volunteers that are working alongside of us, we need them and we need them to be leaders. So there's so many different opportunities. And I think, um, you know, the whole concept, which we already talked about, about serving others well, we're cultivating influence through relationship. And so as we serve the people, you know, whether it's the congregants or if it's people on our team or if it's our leader, Serving them is also being a person of influence. Um, I think we can even go the step further. Like I feel like in my, you know, I've only been on vocational vocational ministry for eight and a half years. So the, the majority of my life, I have been a volunteer. And one of the things that I've always chosen to do is the leaders that I am under, most of the time they were youth pastors, I got to know their spouses and their kids, and I learned how to bless them as a family. Um, And I think that's just one way that we can be an influence beyond just the serving opportunity we have on a Sunday or a Wednesday. Um, I think the other thing to remember is to work with excellence. So, you know, whether we're serving, you know, what does that look like to work with excellence to to be on time, to be faithful, to be a great communicator, you know, if we're going to be on vacation or we get sick, you know, that we're communicating effectively um, so that our leader, we're helping our leaders as they, they lead. Um, I think that's really important. And then you talked about a mindset. I really think for every individual, we need to cultivate what is called a growth mindset so that we are constantly learning and growing in every area of our life, not just, you know, our, our career focus, but 
what are some other things that I might be interested in that I want to continue to grow in? Or maybe I'm being challenged in my, uh, my leadership role and I don't know how to lead. I can find other people who have are before me and ahead of me and say, okay, how did you do this? You know, asking some questions about that. That's good. It always goes back to that, that willingness to grow <laughs> in yes. that area. Yes. yes. Oh, those are also helpful. And I want to make sure that you get to mention that book we were talking about earlier. Oh, yes. That was a huge help in this area too. Yeah. yeah. So a few years ago, I read a book, how to lead when you're not in charge by Clay Scrogans. And I was reading this book and I'm like, wait, this is how I live my life. <laughs> um, and so I just latched onto it because a lot of the principles that we're talking about today, they were writing about, and I'm like, yes, that's, that's what I've done in my life. And so it's a really powerful book that is very practical, lots of hands-on, uh, tips and tools in there. And it really is for, of uh, anybody, uh, you know, whether you're in a ministry career or not, it, it really is a helpful book for anybody. Yeah. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes as well. And I for sure want to read it. I think that's a one that everybody, everyone should, should take the time to read and know how, how can I be a support and still be making a difference? You know, there's no such thing as just a volunteer or, you know, just, Oh, I'm just this or that. Like you can be an influential person and leader in any area of your life. Yes. So true. That is so true. Well, thank you. I can't believe our time is already almost up. That just flew by such amazing wisdom. And I appreciate you sharing all of this. But before we go, any final pieces of advice, any thoughts or things that you wanted to touch base on that we didn't get to, and just really encouraging women and how they continue to be influential leaders where they're at. Yeah, I think, you know, my final tips are going to be things that, you know, we hear people say all the time, but they are so important, which is why we hear it all the time. But um, keeping our focus on Jesus, you know, we're not here to build our own platform or our own kingdom. We're here to glorify God and do the things that he has created for us to do. And so we're reminded in Hebrews chapter 12, you know, just to keep our, our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. And so that's so important. And then I think the second thing I would say is in, in that prayer time with the Lord, that you're just, that you're praying about your, yourself, I, your role, your opportunities and asking God to expand your vision, to, that you would see things like he sees them and just looking at the opportunities and saying, okay, God, with your help, Help me to see the opportunities that you want me to grab and go for, and then be with me as I do it. Yeah. Oh, also good. I have lots to reflect on. You know, I'm big in self-reflection, just like you. So lots to reflect on today and thinking of this area. And I'm sure others who are listening will as well. But thank you again for taking the time to talk with me about this. And uh, I'm so excited for everyone else to hear it. Yes, welcome. It was a privilege to be with you today. 
Thank you for joining us for this leadership episode of E to the Power of Three. We were honored to hear from Dr. Lori Dykstra and McKelty Bloom on leading when you're not in charge. Learn more about Dr. Lori and Emmanuel Leadership College at elcmn.org. You can also learn more about Bridging the Gap at mnbtg.org by downloading the new Bridging the Gap app through your app store or by following mnbtg on social media. We wanted to let you know, too, that last week we celebrated our one-year anniversary of the E to the Power of Three podcast. We have loved sharing these conversations with you, and thank you so much for listening in. If you might, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. We would love to hear what you have enjoyed about the show. And your rate and review can also help others find this podcast as well. Thanks again for joining us today, and we look forward to being with you next time on E to the Power of Three.